Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaim Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise. Just a black girl out here trying to help everyone do better, including and especially herself. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Or if you're new here, hi, hello, and welcome. The cat's out of the bag, (laughs) y'all. You now know what the the big surprise was. Um, I will be joining the lovely Siobhan as the newest face for Black Girl Voices. For those who are unfamiliar, Black Girl Voices is a space that centers Black women, Black femmes, Black girls. um, And it really amplifies our voices, our perspective, um, our history, our future. And I am honored, honored to come and sit alongside Miss Siobhan with my giant mug of, of coffee or tea or whatever I decide to drink and be on uh being part of that conversation. I'm very, very elated. Um I'm just I'm so pleased and you know she's just as sweet. So sweet. Um but yeah so that's the big ex- big exciting news. Yay. Um so that makes three podcast guys <laughs> I'm on Patty and the Millennials every week with the radio veteran herself Patty Jackson she's amazing astounding if you are unfamiliar with Patty Jackson look her up she is a legend in radio um and I'm honored to sit beside her I'm also on the problematic podcast with Rita Richardson Rowe um amazing wonderful hilarious human being and we talk about all of the problems uh in the world how we are problematic and how you know and we read y'all's letters where you guys talk about your problems and now I'm going to be on black girl voices with Siobhan and it's going to be super dope and awesome but that does not mean I will be neglecting this here show um this is my baby I've been doing this for five years um I'm really excited about what this next season of this particular program holds and I'm looking forward to chatting it up with you, cutie pies. Anywho, um, let's dive into the episode. Last week's episode called Closet Cleaning, I talked about what was happening to me. Um, I did like a journal style episode where I just, I let y'all know about what's going on in my, like what's going on deep in my heart, essentially, like what is happening to me. Like I told you about the purging the getting rid of things, the cleansing, the getting back to my minimalism and just finding my way to me and learning more about me and the Whitney that I want to be. And yeah, I don't shy away from (laughs) self-dragging. I don't shy away and think that, you know, this is like some deep spiritual experience, but you know, it it does hold some significance Um, as a person who used to practice this shedding and releasing of things and didn't hold on to things so much and then the pandemic happened and I felt like I needed to clutch because everything was changing like the pandemic happened and then you know my job changed and then we got pregnant and then we moved and lots of life has happened since you know we've experienced some some friend transitions some family transitions some life transitions and so, yeah, just just airing out my heart, um, doing a journal style episode. And I'm thankful that you guys came and listened to me there. Um, 
So we finna talk about the foolishness. I told y'all we were going to get back into what was going on in the world. And the world has not. I was going to say the world never disappoints, but I'm so disappointed in the world. (laughs) And not the world, like the globe, but people, people, people have been driving me crazy. So let's get into it. Let's get into these church announcements. Hit it, Earl. Let the people of the reclaim say amen. Glad to be here, say amen again. And say amen one more time if you really like the show. We glad that y'all here today and these will be your church announcements. Who's ready to dive into the crazy? Um, This particular story is not crazy, but it's connected to one of the most disheartening, frustrating, and inhumane stories that is currently unfolding before our eyes um i believe it's a it's this is a defining moment not just for you know it's it's a defining moment for for humanity um that we're standing on a we not a weird precipice but we're standing on a precarious precipice if we ignore this situation if we sweep it under the rug if we let things slide without further action and i'm speaking of the situation in gaza situation does not cover it the word does not cover it i don't possess the language to accurately describe the horrific terrible awful inhumane treatment that those in gaza have experienced are experienced are experiencing and if israel does not stop will experience now note i am talking about israel as a country Israel as a nation, not, not Jewish people. (laughs) And I need to make that really clear because people think that if you suddenly start speaking out poorly about a country that you are suddenly anti-Semitic and that is not true in the same way that it is not true. If I say something, you know, for example, this is a hypothetical for example, but just for example, um, if I, if there was a black led nation, and I spoke out about the atrocities I was seeing there. That's not anti-black. You see how that's different? You can critique and criti- and should critique and criticize governments, especially when they are doing a massive amount of harm and damage and committing really heinous acts. You can and should criticize that. That has nothing to do with individuals or people. Okay, I I will continue to say that I will continue to speak out against the people who will try to make one equal the other. And that's not it. That is not it. You know, I'm an American. I speak out against some of the things I see happening here. That doesn't make me anti-American. That doesn't make me anti-American. In fact, it makes me more of a it makes me more American because I believe better for this place and I want better for this place and I'm willing to work for the betterment of this place. That being said, according to the Associated Press, um, and this is coming from The Hague in the Netherlands, the United Nations top court ordered Israel on Friday to do all it can to prevent death, destruction, and any acts of genocide in its military offensive in Gaza, but stopped short of ordering a ceasefire. South Africa, shout out to South Africa, alleged that alleged that Israel's campaign, sorry, my laptop fell asleep, (laughs) alleged that Israel's campaign in the tiny coastal enclave amounted to genocide in the case, which goes to the core of one of the world's most intractable conflicts. 
and had asked the court to hold Israel. I'm sorry, had asked the court to order Israel to halt the operation. This is a what the AP calls an overwhelming rebuke of Israel's wartime conduct and adds to the mounting international pressure for Israel to halt what it's doing in in Gaza. And while I wish that the court had said ceasefire, ceasefire. This is this is this is still a step in the right direction. I'm tired of steps. I'm going to be honest. I'm tired of steps. I want I want the violence stopped. I want the famine stopped. I want people to be okay. I want people to be healed. I know that this will take many years to recover. Like if 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 people can recover from it, it will take many, many years. And, you know, lots of intentional work on so many people's parts on so many governments parts um but yeah this is this at least is a step in the right direction um let's see um while the ruling stopped short of that nonetheless constituted an overwhelming rebuke of Israel's wartime conduct and adds to mounting international pressure to halt the offensive that has killed more than 26,000 Palestinians, decimated swaths of Gaza, and driven nearly 85% of its 2.3 million people from their homes. It's a big deal, guys. It's a very, very, very big deal. So, yeah. We will continue to follow this story. But shout out to South Africa. Shout out to South Africa for being one of the few to be ready to speak out against these horrific acts and the atrocities that we've witnessed. Um, And I will follow up with this story as it continues to unfold. Anyway, over here in the United States, uh, a study found that nearly half of the people uh, who live in the United States, half of the citizens found it found that it was impossible to afford the rent here in the United States. That's right. A record half. That is according to a study done by the joint center for housing studies of Harvard university. Um, Reading from NPR, it says it finds that in 2022 as rent spiked during the COVID-19 pandemic, a record half of U S renters paid more than 30% of their income for rent and utilities. Nearly half of those people were severely cost burdened, paying more than 50% of their income. That is pretty disheartening that I knew the situation was bad here. Like I knew things were getting really bad. Um, You know, I was reading something the other day and there was a discussion between a store clerk and a shopper. Um, It was actually a tweet and the shopper was actually tweeting about this. He purchased his child's formula, baby formula, and went to walk out the store um, and the alarm went off and the clerk came over, turned off the alarm. Everything's fine. He said, and the clerk just kind of flippantly said, yeah, one of our most stolen items is baby formula. And the person tweeting said they went to their car and cried at the idea that people are so desperate that they're just, they're stealing formula. Like that we're, we're at the point where it's not like fancy purses. It's not sneakers. It's not, 
those type of things. People are trying to feed their babies. Like they're just trying to feed their babies. They're risking jail time to try to feed their babies here in the land of promise <laughs> here in the land where if you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, never mind if you have boots, never mind if you were syst- um, systemically like oppressed out of your boots, never mind that if you were never given boots, never mind if you only have one boot, if you can just pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, you can make it. Half of half the people who rent here in the United States can't even afford their rent. They're cost burdened rent and utilities. Um, and we don't even have to talk about groceries, you know, cause good God, have you, have you been to the market? We talked about it like last year, actually, I did a whole video on it. Um, and the, what the government is planning on doing, but capitalism is eating people alive. And I think that we need to really deal with how we deal with capitalism like it's nothing wrong with you know working hard it's nothing wrong with going to work it's nothing wrong with earning your money but like what do you do when you have one two sometimes three jobs and it's still not enough what do you do when you have a family like and now I see that there's actually that's the next story we're going to talk about I see that there's legislation to make it uh, a crime for people to sleep out on the streets. Let me pull that story up and then we'll talk about that next. So yes, in almost every state except for like two, it is illegal to be homeless. Uh, I'm reading in a Guardian. This is actually a article from a year ago. I just want to make sure I, I specify that. That numerous anti-homeless laws are being passed across the U.S. as funding for social services social services is widely reduced raising welfare concerns among advocates for the unhoused in Mich- in Missouri a new state law took effect on January 1 of last year that makes it a crime for any person to sleep on state property for unhoused people sleeping in public parks or under city highways could mean up to $750 in fines or 15 days in prison for multiple offenses so what what is what are people who can't afford a home don't have a car to sleep in even though that's becoming illegal too don't have a tent don't have bank accounts because you know to open a bank account you have to have a home address what 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 are these people supposed to do like what are these people to apply for a job you need a home address what are homeless people supposed to do What are people who are on the brink supposed to do? Because here's the thing. I'm doing all kinds of research and I don't see any actual plans or solutions to homelessness. I just see people punishing people for being homeless. Like, am I off base? Am am, Am I the drama? Am I the drama? Because... If you're homeless and you don't have options, why imprison those people? Why imprison people who clearly don't have any other options? You think they want to sleep under city bridges? You think they want to sleep in public parks? You think that they would turn down a safe bed and food and shelter 
especially now when like the weather is extreme you know like last week it snowed half a foot this week like we're bouncing in between like weird rain and stuff like like do you think that they want (sighs) this is exactly why and i know i'm getting ready to go on this tangent about voting and people gonna roll their eyes but hear me out this is why voting for more than a president matters like, if you only ever vote in presidential elections, you're missing the almost 80 to 90 percent of the people who will be directly affecting you and those around you. Because, honey, voting for people who would criminalize homelessness instead of finding solutions like more affordable and safe housing, like easier transitions to jobs, like things that employ dignity and respect for humanity Like any one of us is just a few hard days away from sleeping outside. And I just told you guys that half, half of the renters in the United States are barely making it. People are feeling stressed, strapped and strained and something needs to be done. Solution based things. What is the solution? The solution is not to criminalize people who have run out of solutions. The solution is to find solutions that help. And I don't understand why, why it's, I do understand why. And, but it it involves me putting on a tinfoil hat and dipping into like some weird thoughts that I've had, but I'm gonna share. The 13th amendment allows for essentially free labor, enslavement, if you will, of those who have been imprisoned. Like you can work those folks to the bone and nobody, nobody has traditionally really like batted an eye about it. It's like, oh, well, you were bad, so you deserve this treatment. Um, if you imprison all of the homeless people, you get a bunch of free labor. And if you get a bunch of free labor, you don't have to pay for people. Um, it takes care of your homeless population because they're all imprisoned. It takes care of your, uh, it takes care of your, your roads getting cleaned and all those things like that. It takes care of all of the labor need uh, shortage um, that you might be having. And it's, so disgusting and so inhumane that we essentially still allow for for slavery here it's just ah um but yeah i'll take off my tinfoil hat because people are so at their end of things and people are just trying to make it they're just trying to keep a roof over our children's head. In fact, I was doing some reading and I, and I read that uh, millennials are going to be the first generation not to serve. Well, it's forecasted that we're not going to surpass our parents because think about it. When our, when our parents bought houses, um, they bought them at reasonable rates. Like the same houses are going for quadruple. If that in, in the areas where we would want to live, you know, people are renting two, three, you know, like sometimes two, three, four people in like a two bedroom apartment just so they can live. Um, things are crowded. Things are hectic. Things are uncomfortable. Prices keep rising. And, and 
wages don't. And these are the things, these are the things that those who lead us should be addressing and aren't and aren't. Let me tell you, in fact, for our next story, exactly what some of these elected officials are actually trying to do. Okay, so some of those elected officials that should be, you know, aiding and helping to solve the actual issues of Americans, which is putting food on the table, keeping a roof over our head, um, keeping the lights on, keeping the heat or the air on, um, eliminating violence in schools, these sort of things. Yeah, they um, over down down in Florida. Down in Florida, a bill has been introduced in the Florida Senate that would make it defamation to accuse someone of racism, sexism, homophobia, or transphobia, which could total the freedom of speech in Florida. And I'm reading from CBS SB 1780 defamation, false light, and unauthorized publications of names or likeness, which was introduced last week would make it easier for an individual to sue another person for defamation. According to the measure, a quote allegation that the plaintiff has discriminated against another person or group because of their race, sex, sexual orientation, or gender identity constitutes defamation per se. So even when allegations are false, they are automatically defamatory. Under SB 1780, anyone in these circumstances wouldn't have to prove actual malice, which was the standard set for defamation suits following the decision in the 1964 U.S. Supreme Court case, New York Times versus Sullivan. Additionally, the bill would make it easier to set up conditions for fact finder for a fact finder to automatically infer that the actual malice took place after the accusation of the discrimination was made. So not the actual hatred that is happening, not the actual bigotry that's happening. We're not going to make sure we're not going to protect people from that because that's free speech. But saying that someone committed this against you, that is the defamation. Here in here is one of those situations where you see people's feelings are being upheld more than the actual experiences of others. Let me just tell you a quick story in my comment section over on TikTok across several videos, some cra- some person, some person I'm, I'm trying to do better in 2024, I'm not calling names, some knuckle dragger <laughs> just said I wasn't going to call names, <laughs> uh, some knuckle dragon loser who had nothing better to do, who changed the font. I don't know how he did it, but he changed the font on one of the letters that he uses on his keyboard. Kept calling me a nigger. And because TikTok's algorithm couldn't pick it up as hate speech, they allowed that comment to persist. And this person kept saying it. When I say over and over and over again, I found at least, at least, at least 20 different instances of the same person calling me a nigger or calling someone else a nigger over and 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 over again repeatedly um and tiktok's algorithm couldn't pick it up to clean it up and every single time we reported it 20 30 minutes later no violation was found despite the fact that this is one of the worst if not the worst slur because of the actual bodies that are 
hanging on this word because of the actual violent and vile vitriolic history that is in that word. And I can get in trouble for calling that person racist in Florida. Thank God for the Constitution because <laughs> I feel like, and I, I don't really say that often. I think it's my first time ever saying thank God for the Constitution. But seriously, the idea that you can be sued because you pointed out the actual harm that someone did to you rather than someone looking at the harm that was done to you and saying that is the actual issue. Um, it's like I could be a bigot to you, but you can't tell me I'm a bigot. You, you see what I'm saying? It's foolish. It's ridiculous. And this is what I'm talking about when I talk about solution-based leadership. Where are the solutions? I don't want to see mudslinging. I don't care about who slept with who. I don't care how many parties someone did with whatever. I want to know, what are the solutions? How are you solving issues? How are you solving problems? The American people don't give a damn about these book bans. Like, we don't stop banning the books in general. 80% of the nation, no matter where they fall on the spectrum of, of race or culture or voting, 80%, 80% of the United States stands against book bans. So stop that. That's boring. That's ridiculous. Y'all are just outing yourselves as bigots. Um, we don't care about the, the, the grandstanding with the culture wars. We don't care about that. How are you going to solve homelessness? How are you going to solve people starving in their homes? How are you going to solve the fact that wages have not moved, have not budged enough in the last decade or so to make up for the cost of life increase that has pull, uh, has literally knocked people off of their feet? How are you helping the American people with our daily needs? Insurance is high. Gas is, well, I don't know if gas is high. <laughs> Insurance is high. Groceries are high. Cost of living is high. Wages are not making the difference. What are you, politician person, going to do to help the American people? I'm going to make it illegal for anyone to call you racist. What the hell? <laughs> what does that do? What does that do? <laughs> and I'm laughing to keep from screaming to the ceiling because, girl, girl, what are we doing here? What? What are we simply doing here? <sighs> All right, that's enough of that. Shout out the folks that are currently on strike. Um, always, always listen. Better conditions, whatever you have, to, whatever you're doing, we're gonna, we're gonna support you in that. Um, but apparently, Condé Nast magazines and publications are on strike. That includes GQ, Vanity Fair, Bon Appetit, Architectural Digest, Vogue, Allure, Glamour, Epicurious, Self, Condé Nast Traveler, Them, and Teen Vogue. Um, so if there's any entertainment news that you're looking for, I would encourage you guys to not seek out Condé Nast in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we are not... We are not going to cross the picket lines. Uh, there's a lot of other places that you, where you can get your journalism, where you can get your news. But, and this is not directed at what I just talked about. This is not directed what I, for, for what I just talked about. This is not in any way directed for what I'm just talking about. I've noticed, since we're talking about journalism, I've noticed that there have been either mass layoffs 
uh, a lot of firings, a lot of uprooting of journalistic voices in the past month or so. And that's very disheartening in a year where there's multiple human humanitarian crises, humanitarian crises. There's an ecological crisis um, currently erupting because it's 60 degrees in July in, in January here in the Philadelphia area. And that is unseen. Like that is unheard of. 60, 60 damn degrees. Like last week when it snowed, I felt a sigh of relief this week. I am back in a state of panic. Because 60 degrees, we should not be seeing 60 degrees until the end of April. April, girl. Just to let you know where things are heading and where things are going. Um, and we're seeing these like things like this strike. We are seeing things like the law in, in Florida, other cases and other things like that, um, that need journalists and need good, solid journalists. We need good fact-based journalism, fact-based, accessible journalism and to see these folks get uprooted from their positions to see these folks um, opportunities limited or ended entirely during a year where it's about to be a extremely extremely messy presidential election um because i don't know if you notice the the, the pickings are slim okay out there the pickings are slim um, I'm not a fan of either, either candidate for a bunch of different reasons. Um, I'm not telling y'all not to vote. Cause I'm listen at this. If we want to ever vote again, we got to vote, but we got to figure out something to hold the current person accountable because sir, what the hell are you doing? Um, but this is why we need good fact-based journalism because it's so easy for misinformation and disinformation to, to pick up steam in our everyday viral world. Any story can get like, what is it? There was a saying that said like a lie travels around the world two times before, while the truth is putting on its shoes. Um, that's why we need good fact-based journalism. So I want y'all, I'm going to encourage you guys. I'm going to encourage you guys. While I try to be as fact-based as I can, I am just one person. I am not an entire entity and I get things wrong all the time, all the time. And I can only do so many stories on my social media feeds or in this podcast or in my writing. So I'm encourage you guys to collect a, a, a bunch of people, a bunch of people that you trust in, a bunch of folks that you believe in, a bunch of folks that you follow for you know, for accuracy, um, go ahead. It used to be so easy on Twitter. Cause they, they, that was back when the check marks used to matter. Y'all remember that <laughs> when the check marks used to matter, they don't like, they don't now like you could just pay a subscription every month and have your little blue check mark. And it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but shout out to folks like Philip Lewis. Philip Lewis is an amazing voice. Uh, He's really great. Um, I follow Taylor Lorenz. She's really, really good. Um, and find your people is what I'm trying to tell you. Find your people who will keep you informed. Find your people who will give you the facts before they give you their opinions. Find your people, especially, especially this year. Support them. 
join their Patreons, subscribe to their content, pay them if you can, if you can. If you cannot pay them, understandable, share, share their things. Um, that is also a form of currency. Uh, and just be, you know, be informed, keeping informed, support uh, good journalism, like what's happening over on NPR or the Associated Press. Um, those are really reliable sources that I lean heavily on um, and that are accessible. Those are the those are the, the voices that I go to most often, the Associated Press and NPR. Um, PBS, of course, uh, those those groups because they don't really give they don't give a slant they give you they really do give you the facts they do their best to give you the facts um again these are people we're talking about people are going to make mistakes fine whatever at the same time just find your group and and support them if you can support them however you can whether it's through a share or whether it's through a subscribe okay um I'm sending you so much love and support this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank, thank you for your likes, your shares, your subscribes. Please do not forget to leave a review for this year's show. Drop five stars. And if there's a place where you can, let the folks know what you think about it. Let the folks know if you enjoyed the podcast. Um, I, too, have a Patreon. That is dot com forward slash Whitney Elise. Um, joining my Patreon, there is a $3 subscription, a $5 subscription, um and it just goes from there like there's multiple tiers you pick which what you're comfortable with every month um and that continues to support my work it supports this podcast it supports the posting and the the research and all the things that I do as a solopreneur over here just making it from day to day (laughs) um and trying to give you guys what the facts that I've found and my analysis on things um thank you for my patrons like y'all are so so dope i love that community i love you guys i appreciate you guys so so much i'm gonna have um, a post over to you guys actually right after i drop this episode um but yeah make sure you're supporting good journalism because god knows we need it god knows we need it this year um and before i forget Y'all know I love Row House. Y'all know I love Row House books. Row House um, is just so so super dope. Um, unfortunately, Row House is experiencing a financial crisis. One of its top donors has pulled out um, because Row House is unapologetically loud, unapologetically loud about humanitarian crises and violence that they see around the globe and I stand with Row House very very proudly um if you are able if you are able please 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 go ahead on over and send some support to Row House I will include some links for you to support um there's also for those who you know you have it like that um Go ahead on over and look at the investment options. You can become an investor in Row House. Now, this is a reminder. This this uh, publisher started just a mere few years ago. They already have two um, New York Times bestsellers. They have a amazing catalog of books. I know because I get them and I've read them. Uh, some of the most brilliant minds to speak on issues and concerns of the past things that we're experiencing currently there's love stories there's children's books there's poetry 
there's historical analysis, there's essays, there's fantasy, there's all kinds of things. And you can continue to support Row House that continues to amplify, um, amplify the voices that matter. So I'm gonna leave y'all with that. I hope y'all have a fantastic week. Stay safe, stay hydrated, stay prayed up if that's what you do. I adore each and every one of y'all. Peace. Thank you.